0: Jane, yeah. We wanna congratulate Drew and Lisa, my daughter-in-law's at home, and my wife is with her today doing grandma stuff. And uh, so they're, they're at home, and Summer Jane enter our world Wednesday night, uh, November the 30th, and she is absolutely 100, 100- I know I've said many times in the pulpit that, that infants are ugly, all right? And, and, and usually that is the case, but I will say that Summer is the exception, not ugly at all, totally 100% gorgeous. And uh, just to just wanted to thank you for all of your prayers and uh, all of the thoughts and all of the well wishes, all of the congratulations. I want to thank you for trying to make fun of me by calling me a grandpa. It's not working. I'm super pumped about it. So so wonderful. Amen. I love you guys. Let's get into the message this morning. What do you say? That sound good. Alright, so this morning we're starting a brand new theme and the theme is called Behold. And, and I'm sure Behold is one of those terms that you don't use a lot. Like nobody walks around saying Behold. That's very rare that you hear this word. Uh, we don't use it a lot in our language. Um, but you will start to hear the word Behold uh, when, around the Christmas season. Like you're gonna all of a sudden, you're gonna hear it, Behold, there were you know shepherds in the fields and you're gonna start hearing that word a lot. And really Behold is one of those words that we don't use a lot, but in the Bible, it's there 2,000 times. Like, it's in the Bible a lot. And like, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the main words. You, it's pretty important that we know what it means. And basically, every time you see the word behold, what the, what the Scripture and what the writer is telling us, he's saying, don't miss this you got to see this, so behold it. You don't miss what I'm about to tell you next. This is really, really important stuff. And, and so this entire series is, is around that idea of we can't miss what this is really all about. we gotta, we really got to see what's happening. And I don't think anywhere it's more obvious than a, a text that I've picked out of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. And to introduce this theme, I think this text does it, does, it, does it well, because in Isaiah 40, verse five, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. All right, this is pre-Jesus. Jesus has not been born yet. This is Old Testament prophecy, and it says, it says the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh is gonna see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken, all right? And, and, and what this is a prophetic foreshadowing that Jesus is coming. That's what this is. This is telling everybody, hey, guys, something, something powerful is going to happen. And in verse 9, it says, you who bring t- good tidings, get up into the high mountains. This, this reminds me of the song. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. You wonder where that song comes from. Well, it's, 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 it's right here. There's, Go on the mountain and declare, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up, do not be afraid. And say to the cities of Judah, what does it say? Behold your God. What's he saying? He's saying don't miss this. Alright something, something crazy is gonna happen. Behold your God. And that's the miracle of Christmas. The miracle of Christmas is God became man in the person of Jesus Christ. So if you want to know who God is, all you got to do is look to Jesus. Behold your God, all right? Behold your God. When you look at Jesus, you see holiness. You see compassion. You see justice. You see truth. You see mercy. You see kindness. You see patience. You see love. Behold your God. John 1 verse 14 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What is that talking about? That's talking about about Jesus behold your God look look what it says in verse 10 in verse 10 it says behold the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arms shall rule for him behold his reward is with him and his work is before him there's a lot of beholding going on in this scripture I don't know if you're noticing this so it says behold your God and then it says next he says behold he's going to come with a strong hand In other words, he is a powerful God, all right? He's a mighty God, and he's mighty to save. And guess what you need? That's the God you need. You need a God that's more powerful than you are. You need a God that's bigger than your problems, because I hear somebody say amen today. Behold, the Lord comes with might. He's all-powerful. And look what it says next. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. times we read over scripture we don't really stop to think about it what what is that saying in other words Jesus came to do a work and earn a wage Jesus came. Look, it says, it says, behold his reward and his work. In other words, he's coming to do a job and he's coming to claim a reward. And so what's the job that Jesus came to do? Well, he came and the cross was before him. The job he had to do was to redeem mankind, all right? To go to the cross and pay a price. And with that price, he claims a reward. What's the reward? The reward is you and I. Behold his work. Behold his wage. Come on, there's something about the, the God that we serve and, and every time we think about Jesus we don't just think about the story we think about what the story means the story means that you and I are forgiven of our sin because of what Jesus did because of the work of the person of Jesus Christ on the cross and because he rose again we now have or have become his reward we are the bride of Christ can I hear somebody shout amen today we got to behold these things don't miss it. So this month we're gonna behold Jesus. We're gonna be talking about the story and we're gonna try the best we can not to miss the important part of what this season is really all about, amen. This morning I wanna talk about peace and, and I'm gonna read in, in John 14 and just a short portion of scripture. But in John 14, Jesus is having like a conversation, kind of a last conversation with his disciples. And the Bible tells us that they're all up in the upper room and, and uh, they're having this discussion. And Jesus speaks up and he says in verse 27, he says, guys, I'm leaving you with a gift. Anybody like gifts in here? Come on, we love gifts. I know Jen says it's all about giving. I like receiving gifts, all right? I'm just gonna admit it straight up. I'm an adult. I'm actually a grandparent now. I still like getting gifts, all right? So Jesus says, I'm gonna leave you with a gift, all right? It's a gift. And a lot of times what happens to us, we come to church and we have a wrong perception of what God really, really is doing. A lot of times we come to church and our, our perception and we think that God is about taking from us, like that we, we come to church and we have a wrong perspective, that we come and, and what God wants from us is our tithe and God wants us to serve and, and God wants our, our time and I gotta give my whole life to God. But I wanna tell you something, that's a wrong perspective. Because our God is not a taker, he is a giver. And God's not trying to get something from you, he's trying to get something to you. He's a, he gives good gifts, When Jesus says, I have not leaving you with a gift, let me me just tell you, you want that gift. You you want what God wants to give you. And he says, I'm giving you a gift. And what's the gift? I'm giving you peace of mind. Come on, somebody. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, the world can't give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So I feel at the beginning of this Christmas season, God's put me on assignment to deliver some peace to you. I'm here to deliver some peace. Some of you come here today with with some form or some level of anxiety, some level of fear or worry or despair. But I want to tell you something. What you came in today with, you're not leaving with today. You don't have to leave with that. That's not going to be with you by the time you walk out the door because we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to impart some peace into our lives. Somebody shout amen. The Bible says Jesus Jesus says in our text he's leaving us with a gift, and the gift he wants to give us is peace of mind and heart. Now here's the thing. That's wonderful, Jesus, if you want to give us the gift of that. But oftentimes what Jesus wants to give us and what He promises us isn't what we're seeing. Sometimes what God said doesn't really line up with what we're currently looking at. And, and so when we look at our world, or when we look at our situation, or when we look at our families, oftentimes the peace that God wants to give us isn't really obvious in our current life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, you can, you can look around and you can see what's going on in the world. Maybe, maybe you're, thinking of, you're looking at the news, you're seeing the revolution stuff happening in Iran and, and in Brazil and in China, or maybe you're looking at what's happening in our world and all the political corruption and debate and the lies that are being exposed, or, or maybe you're seeing this, the shootings, the mass shootings and the different things, crazy stuff going on, and when you look at what's happening around you, it doesn't look like this peace of mind and heart that Jesus promised. But if Jesus promised peace, then I want that. Is anybody with me today? Like, if Jesus has given me a gift, and he says, I want to give you peace of mind, I want to give you peace of heart, I don't want to not experience that. I I want that. I want to be like that annoying kid that always asking for that gift. Like, when am I going to get it? When can I have it? And and if Jesus promised peace, well, I want to know, well, what on earth does peace look like? Because I'm not seeing a lot of peace on earth. So what on earth does peace look like? Because if I'm going to look for something, I better know what I'm looking for. I better know what, what, what what kind of, what this thing called peace actually looks like. Man, if I, if peace was here, would I even know it? If it was staring me right in the face, would I even be able to understand it was there? I also want to know where on earth can peace be found? Like if you're offering me peace then where, where can I get it? And some of us, we end up looking for peace in all the wrong places. We're trying to find it in different things, but I wanna help you locate peace this morning because peace is in a location. And I also wanna know that, that if peace, how can peace exist on this earth? Is it possible? Because everything I see is far from peace. Is anybody tracking with me today? Like, like I look around, I'm a realist. I look around, I live in the same world that you do. We suck the same air. We walk the same streets. We deal with the same problems. We we watch the same news. This world is a crazy place. And oftentimes what can come into our heads is, can peace really exist, coexist on this crazy earth? You know, peace and I, honestly, we have an interesting relationship, all right? Because I actually find peace to be elusive, Maybe none of you do. I, I know you look at me and uh, you, see, you think I'm peaceful all the time. I'm holy and righteous and loving and altogether lovely. And, and you think I have peace all the time. But, but I, I find peace to be kind of elusive for me. Now, some people aren't like that. I, I know we look around. I look at some people and to me it looks like they're peaceful all the time. Does anybody know anybody like that? Like, you get around them, and they're always, they're just chill. They're always peaceful all the time. I, I think my son, Drew, is one of those annoyingly peaceful people. He, he's, he's always at peace. Him and peace are like BFFs. He, he's in this, he never stresses. Like, I'm trying to, like, calm him down. You know, he's about to have a baby. Your wife's about to go into labor. It's going to be, I know you're going to have all these thoughts and all of these crazy things coming into your mind. Because I remember how I felt at the time. I, I was so scared and, and, and frightened and didn't know what to expect. And Drew's just kind of looking at me like, I'm fine. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm totally cool. He, he never stresses. He's always calm. He's always cool. He's always collected. And when I expect him to lose it and succumb to fear, he actually just maintains his peace. Drew and peace are BFFs. Me and peace, have a love and hate relationship. Anybody with me this morning? We're friends, like we're peaceful, we're cool, we kick it until a situation arises. And when a situ- situation arises, and when I need peace the most, peace pieces out on me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like peace just—it's just gone. I don't—I don't know if anybody, any of you can can relate to that. I lose my peace all the time. Situations hit me, and I know, I know that the, 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 what you expect from your peaceful, holy, loving pastor, you expect me to maintain peace, but I lose it. I lose my peace literally at the drop of a hat. And I think, I think many of you, if you really looked at your life, you'd realize that, that yeah, some people's personality is peaceful, but, but peace is not a personality because Jesus offers it to every, everyone. And here's the thing. Christmas is coming And there's going to be all sorts of opportunities for us to lose our peace. 2023 is coming. And you're going to have plenty of opportunities in the the year to come to to lose your peace. And and the problem is, is when we lose our peace, it's trying to find it again. That seems like like everything can be going fine, but then something happens, and and, and you lose your peace, and it's like, where in the world did it go? How do I find it? And that can be so frustrating. I I remember this one time. Uh, not too long ago, actually, this year, I was with Bryn and with Luke, and we were in Rosarito, and we were there. They were recording the Spanish album, and we were also there to do a conference, and, and we had several hours to kill. So we were, we, were, we were just kind of getting tacos, but I mean, how many tacos can you eat? And so we ate some tacos, and we got, still got several hours. I'm like, hey, guys, why don't we go rent some quads in Rosarito? Let's go out on the dunes. Anybody ever done that before? It's really, really cool. The quads are terrible, but the dunes are fun, all right? And so we got on these quads, and, and I had texted uh, one of the Barajas, says, hey, in about an hour and a half, let me know where you are, text me, and we'll, we'll, we'll stop doing this, and we'll come meet you for some more tacos. And so we're out there, and we're cruising around, and I mean, these dunes are fantastic. It's just these hills of sand, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking the lead, and I turn around, Bryn's tearing up right behind me, and then there's Luke following up, and we're, we're just going up and down these mountains, and just hooting and hollering, and having the time of our lives. And so we've been doing that for about 90 minutes. And um, I, I decide, well, I'm going to check and see if I've gotten that text, because actually I want some tacos now. I'm tired of this. And so I go to look for my phone, and it's, it's gone. And I've only had this phone for two weeks. I'm so bummed. I'm like, dang, I lost my phone. And it, it must have fallen out while we were out here riding on these dunes. And I'm thinking, man, how in the world am I ever going to find it? Like, it's just, there's massive sand. And I'm thinking, you know, Bryn's been tailing me this whole time, if my phone fell out of my pocket, he ran it over, and then Luke ran it over and buried it deeper in the sand. There's no way we'll find it. And so I I said, well, we gotta go look. And so I told the guys, guys, I lost my phone. Let's let's go look. And so we just started to retrace and drive all around these dunes. And I realized after a short time, there's no way, no way I'm ever gonna find this phone again. And all of a sudden it hits me, find my friends find my friends. My wife is always tracking me she knows exactly where this phone is. So I grabbed Bryn's phone. I said, babe, I called Carrie. I said, babe, I've lost my phone. I need you to find me, for, find it for me. Get on the Find My Friends app. Take a picture of where my phone is so that we can know where to look. And what we found is that the phone was nowhere where we were looking in those dunes. It was actually down right next to the beach. Right next to, there was a rocky kind of beach there. And so we, 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 we followed the Find My Friends app and went right down there. And, and Bryn drove right up to and goes, picks it up and goes, I found it. And I was just so like yes that, that, that's so that's so amazing and and what that that story teaches us today is that in order to find something you got to look in the right place In order to find something, you have to position yourself. It's all about positioning yourself. And sometimes you have to position yourself in the right place in order to find what you're looking for. And so I want to tell you today that you are the smartest people in Orange County because you are in the house of God. You have positioned yourself. Somebody bear with me. You've positioned yourself to locate peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Amen. You know, peace is an interesting thing because I think it's different for each person. It's one of those things that's kind of different for each person. When I say peace, what comes to your mind is probably different than what comes to mine. I and mean, when, when I say peace, when we're talking about peace, my concept of peace is much different than Carrie's concept of peace. My concept of peace is much different than, than my dad's concept of peace. So, so I'm talking about peace today, maybe for you, it's, it's outdoors. Like like when you're outdoors in, in the in the open for me it'd be kind of out like like out at Newport Harbor on an early morning paddleboard when the water is like glass and it's dark outside and, and the sun is just coming up and, and you can hear the distant crashing of waves uh, c- crashing on the shore and you look over the horizon as the sun crests over the ocean that's for me that's just peaceful or maybe for you it'd be maybe for Luis, it'd be fishing on a on a lake and a pristine lake with clean fresh air and the sound of ripples kind of hitting the side of the boat and you're casting your line in the early morning off the glare of the water for you that's that's just peace or, or maybe maybe for some of you it's the snow-capped mountains going up into the mountains and, and and smelling that clean air and and maybe walking or trudging through the snow and that sound that, that kind of makes off your feet and maybe for you you hear God better in those kinds of spaces but some of you are just like that's not peace for me like peace I don't like being outside Piece for me is maybe being by a fireplace. Like fireplace with, with, with a hot cup of coffee or or some cocoa and maybe a, a really, really good and you've got your fur slippers on and you've got a blanket and you're nestled there and and that's peaceful for you. Maybe maybe you're like my dad and, and peace for my dad is in his car driving on the open road listening to elevator music on Sirius Satellite Radio, all right? Every one of us have a different concept of what peace is. You know, Carrie and I every year we, we try to get away and one of the places we love to go for vacation is a place called Kauai, and and it's a very peaceful destination and the reason it's called vacation is because you vacate your life all right you leave what you're doing normally and you take a break from the busyness of what you normally do and you get away to experience a destination for us you know Kauai is one of those places it's just it's just very peaceful and, 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 and wonderful but but one of the things that I found is that when I get there it takes me several Several days, regardless of the destination. I'm there in Kauai, but it still takes me several days to kind of unwind. It takes me several days to kind of, it's kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, get the, the uneasiness out of my spirit and all the things that are tracking in my mind. And, and here's the thing, what I've learned is that peace, peace isn't found in a destination. You, you, you can't find peace in a destination, and even if you do, it's very short-lived because when your vacation's over, you come back home, you hit the ground running, and peace has peaced out again. You know what I'm talking about. Destinations don't give you peace. I've also found that, 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 that seasons of life don't give you peace. I think a lot of times it's easy to think that once I get to that next phase or that next season in my life, well, then I'll have peace. It almost seems like peace is a little out of reach. You know what I'm talking about? Like when we're single, we, we don't have peace because we're like, man, I, I don't want to stay single. I want to I I find myself someone. I want to I be hitched to someone. And, and I, you begin to think, well, once I find that special person, uh, then, I, then I'll have peace uh, uh, be, be, because I'll find security in that relationship. But no sooner do you start to date that person and you start to think, man, I need to lock this down. Like I don't want someone else to come along and, 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 and find out how awesome this person is. We need to seal this deal. I'll be more at peace when I get a ring. And then, and then we begin to think, well, well, now that I'm engaged, now i got to prepare for this wedding. There's no peace in that. Like, like i gotta, I got to do all this stuff. got to invite all these people. got to do all these things. And so once we're married, and, and, and finally, we'll have peace. But then you realize you're married, and now you'll have to live with this person. And there's no peace in that at all. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I don't even know if I love this person anymore. So you know what I think we'll do? Let's add kids to the equation. Once we have kids, that'll solve everything. Kids always bring peace. But then then all of a sudden you're a parent and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't get no sleep, I can't get no rest, I'm working all the time. Once my baby grows into a teenager and and he can drive and she can drive and take care of herself, well then I'll have peace because they'll be out of the house. It's just like, almost like peace is just kind of out there somewhere, never can get it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you're waiting for that promotion, you're waiting for that raise, and you think, well once I get that promotion, get that raise, and I have more income, well then I won't have all that financial instability, I'll be more secure, I can live better, then I'll experience peace. But I'm here today to tell you, seasons don't give you peace. You can't find peace in a destination, you're not going to find peace in that next season. The only place that you're going to find peace is in the person of Jesus Christ. Peace is found in a person. You're going to find peace when you find Jesus. Why? Because he is the prince of peace. When you have Jesus in your life, you are promised peace. Are you with me today? It's a peace that passes all understanding. you're gonna have peace that's gonna be with you everywhere you go, through every season of your life. If If you're looking for peace, you're not gonna find it in the things of this world. You're only gonna find it in the true and lasting peace. You'll find it in the person of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says this, for a child is born unto us. This is what Christmas is about, folks. A son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Because of Jesus, we inherit these things. He will be called a wonderful counselor. I'm so grateful to have a God, and to have available to to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's lots of good counselors in this world, but I want to tell you something. There's no better counsel than you can receive from God. He's a wonderful counselor, always available, always ready, and He doesn't charge. He's a wonderful counselor. Guess what? He's a mighty God. We talked about this earlier. I'm glad that our God is called a mighty God. I'm glad that He's greater than any other God, and He's greater than any problem, greater than any circumstance. a mighty God. I'm grateful that I have an everlasting father. Some of us, we, we didn't even know what a father was. We didn't experience that. Maybe, maybe your dad was around for a little and gone. Or maybe your your father graduated to heaven early. I don't know what your story of a father is, but I want to tell you something. Whatever it is, you have one that will never leave you. He's an everlasting father. And then lastly, it says he is a prince of peace. Look at it right there. He is the prince of peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. What, what are they going to make happen? They're going to make peace happen. They, the Heaven's armies back the word of God. Heaven's armies advance the kingdom. Heaven's armies are behind you. Heaven's armies are beside you. They are before you. And the Bible says they are going to make this happen. They're going to establish peace in your life. They're going to bring about the promises of God. And so what on earth does peace look like? Peace looks like Jesus. Peace looks like Jesus. And I want to tell you something. There's so much significance in that. There's so much significance in that because because peace is found in the person of Jesus and not in a location. And and not in in a season or limited to a season or limited to a place. When you find your peace in the person of Jesus, your location doesn't matter anymore. Your circumstances don't matter anymore. Your seasons don't matter anymore because when you're looking for peace, you can call on it at any time. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. You can call on him anywhere at any time because he's everywhere all the time. You can call on him right now in your seat and the peace of God can come. You can call on him tomorrow when you're surrounded at work with all kinds of chaos and he'll be right there with you. You can call on him when you're full of fear and experiencing anxiety and Jesus will be right there with you in your situation. He is peace. He's the prince of peace. You don't need to go on some journey looking for peace. Going out in some Hindu, oh, trying to find peace, in meditation, trying to look for, you don't have to do any of that. You can fi- you find it in the person of Jesus Christ. Just call on the name of Jesus and you can have peace. You know where else peace is found peace is found in the promise it's quiet today and I really would like you guys to shout me down a little bit I'm just gonna be honest with you you can find peace in the promise peace is found in the promise you know the whole story of Christmas is all wrapped in a promise the whole entire Old Testament was all kinds of foreshadowing and prophetic utterances of the promise of a Savior A promise of a Messiah, the promise of the person of Jesus coming to earth in the flesh, born in a stable. Jesus is the peace, but he's also come in the form of a promise. The promise, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, so the word of God is what we have at the beginning, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then that promise that we find in the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw him and the glory was only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. And so we understand that peace is found in the person of Jesus but it's also found in the promise of Jesus. And where do we find the promise? We find the promises in the Word of God. I said we find the promise. If peace is found in the promise, then we can locate peace when we go to the promise. Where do we find the promise? It's in the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God brings peace because it provides all the answers, all of the promises for every situation, for every circumstance that I face in my life. Guess what? In God's Word, there's promises for your health. In God's Word, there's promises for your family, for your marriage, for your kids, for your finances, for your future. You can find all of those promises in the Word of God. And what I love is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, look what it says. It says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. Look at it. They are yes in Christ, and so through Him... The yes is spoken by us to the glory of God. I I wanna just tell you what that says. That says that as Christians, we get all of the promises, and they become yes as we live them out. We become heirs of the promises, of all all the promises that God has made. I think sometimes what happens to us is we get into situations, and things begin to happen in our lives, and we begin to say things like this. We don't understand what's happening, the chaos surrounding, and we're, we begin to ask God, like, where's God in all this? Has anybody, anybody ever said that before? You find yourself in a situation and you're like, I don't see God in my life doing anything. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Anybody said that before? Why would God allow this? Anybody ever said that before? I'm surrounded by all these unanswered questions. I'm surrounded by all of this chaos. Where is God when I need him? Anybody said that before? All of a sudden we're looking for peace and what I found is that when I open the Word of God and I see the promises that God's made to others, I realize that I can take those promises that are yes and I can apply them to my life in my circumstance. And so when tears are falling, and I'm, in, I'm hurting, I realize in Psalm 147 the Bible says that God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds, that He lifts up the humble, and He casts the wicked to the ground. And I say that's a promise for me. When when, when darkness is lingering in my life, when I don't understand what's going on, I realize that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, that His mercies never come to an end, that they are new every single morning. That Psalm 30 says to sing praise to the Lord and give thanks for his anger is only for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime and weeping may last for the night but joy comes in the morning come on when fear tries to assault my mind, I realize that in Isaiah 41, the Bible says, "Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand." I realize when fear tries to strike that Psalm 23 says to me, it says, "Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess what? I will fear no evil why? Because God is with me." These are promises. When 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 worry grips the soul and you're feeling all alone Isaiah 42 says that when you pass through the waters I will be with you the rivers they'll not overwhelm you when you walk through fire you're not going to get burned nor will the flame consume you for I am the Lord God I am God, God of Israel your Savior this is why the Bible is so important because peace is in the promise peace is found in the promise the word of God is full of promises for you it reveals the truth when you're believing lies. It, 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 it reveals your identity. It, it shows you the, the, the creation that God intended you to be. The Word of God is full of individual promises that, will, that literally will, will soak into every detail of your life. And at Elevate, we say it like this. God's Word is our blueprint, and we build our lives on the truth of God's Word. So we find peace in the person of Jesus Christ. And we find peace in the promises that we can see in His Word. And, and here's the thing, all this sounds kind of easy. Right? I mean this kind of sounds like, alright, this is kind of normal church speak right here. And we can shout amen and we can go through all, I mean it's great. All this stuff is true and this sounds like a normal, normal message. But if this is true, then why the heck do I not have peace? I want you to just ask yourself the question, because you've you've invited Jesus into your life, right? You've read God's word. You know the promises. If peace is found in the person of Jesus, and I get peace in the promises, then what the heck is wrong with me? Does anybody feel like that sometimes? Like, so what the heck's wrong with me? And this is where I wanna do a little work today. Because your peace from the promise depends on your perspective of the process. I want you just to kind of soak that in. I know it's a a tongue twister, all right? I practiced it this morning. Your your peace from the promise depends on your perspective of the process. You see, the issue we have is oftentimes the peace is wrapped in promise. It's wrapped in promise. And the promise usually comes with process. What we're hoping for, what we're we're going after, the dreams that we have, the things that we desire— it usually, it's a promise that we, we've, we've grabbed a hold of, but that promise comes with a process. It's something that God said, but it's not really lining up with what you see. But it's still a promise. God said it. Heaven's armies are backing it. Like, you can, you can count on it. The promises of God are yes, but their, but their amen is through our lives, which includes Process. I want you to think about the disciples in the boat. We all know the story. Disciples jump in a boat with Jesus. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. So they get in the boat. They start making their way to the other side. Everything's cool. Everything's great. They're having a a wonderful time. Singing kumbaya, loving on each other, hugging. You can picture Peter and Thomas. They're they're, they're, they're having a great time on the boat. It's wonderful. It's peaceful outside. It's, It's just a great day. Ripples up upon the side of the boat. It's great. Then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden, the storm rises up. It's the greatest storm they'd ever seen. All of a sudden, the, wind, the waves are beating against the boat. Wind is howling. The sail is ripping. Peter is cussing. John is crying. Thomas is doubting. Like, everything's going crazy. And all of a sudden, they start to blame Jesus. Where's Jesus? Oh, my God, get him up. He's down there. Peace is sleeping. He's peaced out. All right, he's, he's down in the bottom of the boat. He's just kind of sleeping. And, and, and they're like, Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. We're, the boat is filling with water. Come on, can't you help us? Jesus gets out. What's he say? peace be still. And then he sits down, he crosses his leg, he looks at the 12 guys He's like, what the heck is the problem? Why are you so, why are you going crazy? It's almost like Jesus is a little bit surprised. He's surprised at how, how these guys lost their peace in just in a matter of moments. And the reason Jesus was surprised is because he made a promise to them. What did he say? He said, let's go to the other side whenever Jesus says he's gonna invite you into something you can guarantee you're gonna make it to that place and that doesn't mean that there's not gonna be a storm it doesn't mean there's not gonna be chaos it doesn't mean there's not gonna be problems and all kinds of issues along the way but if Jesus made a promise you can find peace in it even in the process are you with me today the disciples lack of peace wasn't because the promise was flawed their lack of peace The problem was, was their perspective on the process. It was flawed. See, they pictured that they're just gonna get in the boat and just kind of have this magical time crossing the lake, but that that wasn't the process that God had in store for them. He he was trying to teach them something. And one of the things I, I love about reading the Bible is oftentimes I see myself in it. Sometimes we think we're reading the Bible, but really the Bible's reading us. Have you found that to be true in your life? You're looking into a mirror, and one of the couples that, that you see in the Bible, and I love to read about, is Abraham and Sarah. And we know Abraham is the father of our faith. We've sung about him in Sunday school, and we've talked about him in church. And, but, but the basic story of Abraham and Sarah is that God promised Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. That he would have a son, and he'd, had, he'd have heirs, and this was going to be his in, inheritance. And here they are. Abraham is 99 years old, and his wife is 90. Sarah is 90. And all of a sudden you, you, you get these people, and this is this picture, God's painting for us, of waiting on a promise. And many of us in our lives can relate to Abraham and Sarah because in our lives we're waiting for God to do something. Maybe you've been given a promise for your life or you've put something deep down inside of you that is a promise from God or a promise that you, you grabbed from his word, but you look at your life and you look at that promise and they're not lining up. You haven't seen that promise come to pass. It's like you're in this holding pattern. And you're waiting on God to do something because you can't make it happen by yourself. You're just kind of waiting on God, waiting for these promises to come to pass. And oftentimes what happens is in the waiting process we lose our peace. You know why? Because we hate waiting. Does anybody hate waiting besides me? I hate waiting. Waiting, one of the cruelest things in life is waiting. Listen, waiting all the time. Waiting is bad. I mean when you're waiting for something good, waiting is bad. When you're waiting for something bad, Waiting is bad. When you're waiting for something that you don't know what you're waiting for, waiting isn't only bad, it's actually terrifying. Waiting is hard. And and oftentimes in our lives we're in this waiting zone and it just kinda seems like we're waiting forever for what we expect to happen. We're we're waiting and what happens is our perspective on, on the gift, our perspective on the promise starts to get a little skewed. And instead of waiting we say you know what i'm sick of waiting i'm gonna get involved myself i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and find ways to cope i'm gonna help god out if god's having a little trouble producing the promise well i'm gonna get involved in it and in doing so we forfeit peace because we're trying to do it on our own are you with me today isn't that what sarah tried to do Sarah's 90 years old. She doesn't have the promise of a son. They're not experiencing what God said. They're not experiencing the promise. And she can't see in her limited perspective how God could perform the promise through her. She starts to say, well, I'm 90 years old, and there's no way this is going to happen. There's no way this promise is going to come to pass. So guess what? I'll give up my servant, and I'll I'll make this thing happen through her. That was a terrible idea. That was a peace killer. Because the moment she did that, peace peaced out. It's the same thing that happens in our lives. When we try to get involved in the, prom, in, in the process, when we try to force the promises of God to come to pass, guess what, we usually make a mess. We, we, usually, we usually make all kinds of mess, and that's exactly what we see happen in the life of Sarah. There she is trying to make something happen, trying to force the promise, and the waiting, it skews her perspective to the point that she lose her peace in the process. The same thing happens to so many of us all the time. That when we, when what we see doesn't look like what God said, we start asking questions like, where are you God? I thought you were going to do this for me God. I, I, I read it in your word. What, what's going on? I don't, I can't, I don't see it happening. And we, we try to help God out. The other thing we do is, if the promise is, is long enough in the waiting, we give up. We just give up on the promise. Because believing that the promise could actually happen just starts to get too hard. And we start to think that that there's no way that holding on to the promise almost seems futile. We begin to believe that this promise, maybe it wasn't for us. And maybe it just won't come to pass. And this is exactly where Sarah ended up. Because the Bible says that she laughed at the promise. That when God came to remind them of the promise, she actually laughed. And I I don't think she was laughing because she thought that God couldn't do it. I think she was laughing because she couldn't believe that God could do it through her. Are you guys still here today? This is exactly what happens to us. Because we've been given so many precious promises. But I'm here today to tell you that God doesn't give you promises to produce anxiety in you. God doesn't give you promises to dangle them in front of you and and make you think, oh, man, look, you're not there yet. Keep coming, like a carrot. That's not God. That's not what God's trying to do. Those promises that he's given, they're not meant to torment you. They're meant to offer you peace in the process. Your peace from the promise depends on your perspective of the process. Did you hear that today? Come on, worship team. Your peace from the promise depends on your perspective of the promise. This is where we mess up there's so many promises that come with process the Bible says that if you give your tithe what will he do we talk about it all the time he's gonna open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing all right that's a promise from God's Word Promise promises you give your tithe if you're faithful in your tithe God will bless you the problem is is there's a process to that the process is what It's sack process to that sacrifice and sometimes you're like, um, God, I've been giving for two weeks. Like I've been faithfully giving my tithe for two weeks, I haven't seen any increase. Like, I don't see windows open up in heaven. I don't see I don't see there certainly isn't blessing that I can't contain yet. Like, like, like what's up, what's going on? And after two weeks of giving, we say, you know what? Later with this process, I think I'll try and make this work on my own, work harder. I'll find other ways to to, to be blessed. But I want to tell you something, if you'll stay, if you'll stay faithful in the process, you'll experience peace from the promise some of you it's the same way with your family you look at your family all kinds of problems and situations and you realize in God's word there's promises that your entire family will serve the Lord I've I've preached about the promises that God wants to 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 bring to families it's not just you God wants to save your children and your children's children God wants to do that he wants to adorn his house with your with your kids But sometimes it gets a little hard when they're rebellious and they're laughing in your face and they're questioning God and they're, they're throwing it at you. Amen. Luke 2. I'm going to close with this. This is, the, this is the proclamation of Jesus. This is the, you're going to hear this text over and over again this Christmas. Now that were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, there's that word. Don't miss it an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, behold, don't miss it, he's saying, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, come on, look at what's next, and on earth, peace, peace, goodwill to men. This is the first time that peace is announced, it's the first time it's been announced, it's, it's the form of a Messiah. It comes in the form of a savior, of Jesus, God in the flesh come to earth. But this is the first time peace has landed on earth. Up until this point, it's just been a, a promise and a process. It's just been a promise and a process. The Old Testament is just the process to bring Jesus and to usher peace to us. And let, me, let me tell you what, what your life is. Your life is just like that. Your life is, is a promise. Your life is a promise. God's made all kinds of promises about you, about your family, about your life, about every detail of your life. And your life is a process to bring it to pass. There's peace in the promise. Process, not so much. Process can be difficult sometimes. But there's peace in the promise if you can maintain the right perspective in the process. God, we thank you today. Come on, close your eyes all over this place. God, we thank you today. Thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that when you're ascending into heaven, you said that you're with us always, even until the end of the age. That means no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, no matter what circumstance we're in or situation that we, we come across, you're always there. Peace is always there. I thank you today that we find peace in the person of Jesus Christ. I thank you today that Lord in my life Lord you've given you've given me peace that passes all understanding. I know some of you in this room. Some of you in this room, you've been, you've been going through life, and you're searching for peace. You're just trying to, you're trying to find it, and and it just seems like life and all of the things just kind of is eroded your peace. It stripped you of, of lasting peace. Situations have happened, and and just like the title of this message, peace is just pieced out. I want I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you today, you're not going to find peace in a destination. You're not going to find peace in a season. Peace isn't. Isn't, isn't a personality. Peace can only be found in Jesus. Jesus gives us peace regardless of our destination. He gives us peace regardless of the situation. He doesn't peace out on you when things get tough. He's always there, He's never, he never leaves you. And the reason he came to earth, the reason the angel said behold, is because he wants to give you a piece of himself. He wants to give you a piece of himself this morning. Maybe you're here today, and you say, I need Jesus. I've been trying so hard to do this on my own. I've been trying so hard to make life work, figure this out. I can't do it on my own. You'll never do it on your own. You'll always be searching. There's, God placed a, a God-sized hole in your, in your life that can only be filled with the person of Jesus, he wants to touch you today. If you're here in this room and you say, you know what, I want Jesus in my life, lift your hand. I'd love to pray with you today. Anyone at all, all over this room, come on, side to side, anyone at all? I see that hand right there, thank you, thank you. And those two hands in the back, thank you for those hands. These these hands right here in the front, thank you for that. Anyone else, all over this room, you say, I wanna give Jesus, right there, I see that hand, thank you for that, anyone else? All over this place, all over this place, come on, lift your hand up. God wants to touch you today. He wants to touch you today. All over this room, he wants to touch you. He wants to fill you. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you what you're looking for. It's a promise. All over this room. Anyone else? Side to side, front to back. Lift your hand all over this place. All over this place. Come on. If you raised your hand, do me a favor. Just get up. I see that hand all the way in the back. Thank you for that. Come on. It, it, it. Those of you that raised your hands, do me do me a favor. Come down here. I want to pray with you today. All over this place. There's plenty of you. Right there. Come on. Come on. These hands right here, right here. Come on, come on. All the way in the back, yep. Right there. Right over here, there was a hand that went up. Come on. Come on, right back here. presence of Jesus into our lives, we're we going to do we're going to do that right now and, and peace that passes all understanding is going to enter your spirit I, I told you at the beginning of this message that you may have come in with anxiety and fear and you're not going to leave with that you're going to leave with the presence of God, Jesus' is peace so maybe we could pray I'm going to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer I want, you to, I want you to repeat this prayer after me but not just with words but from your heart let it be a prayer from your heart You guys ready? You ready? All right, say this, say Jesus. I've done a lot of things wrong. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've failed many times. But I recognize that you came to this earth to right my wrongs. You lived a perfect life. You died on the cross and rose again so that I could be forgiven I invite you into my life and I make a decision that from this day forward I'm living for you I'm living the promise Father I pray for these people right here, these decisions, every one of them, we thank you for them today I pray right now that the peace that passes all understanding now that the peace that passes all would just fill them right now Lord, it's a promise in your word, Lord, that old things pass away, all things become new right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that the promise, the promise of the Spirit of God, Lord, would make residence in these lives right now. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that all things are new. We thank you that shame turns to grace, God, that mourning turns to dancing. God, we thank you, Lord, that fear and anxiety has to go, and the peace of God is now resident and alive in us. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, what a great decision you guys have made! Honestly, what a great decision you have made! Come on, let's give it a big round of applause. It's a great, great decision. You know, we want to want to continue to talk and pray with you. This is a great decision. We're here to we want I want you to know that we're here for you. That that the church, God created the church, so that we could live for God together. You know what I mean? We could experience because all of us go through tough times. All of us battle. But there's a promise that we're holding on to and as long as we as long as we keep the right perspective in the process we'll maintain our peace in the promise you know so uh, this is mark right here he's going to lead you guys and pray with you and just want to thank you guys for great what a great decision what a great decision you've made amen let's give god praise for that this morning why don't we stand on our feet all over this place can we do that you know i, I was grateful for this song i just want to sing that last chorus of the song we sang even when Because I think that that all of us go through stuff. But even when God's there, He's always there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's your peace in the storm. He's with you in the trouble. He's always there. Come on, would you lift your hands all over this place? God, I pray, Lord, for this congregation. Lord, I thank you for them, Lord. I thank you, God, that they, they live for you, that they've given their lives to you, Lord, that they've decided to serve you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the many promises that you've given us, Lord, in your word. God, we can see them in your word. We can look and we can see the promises for our family, our health, our finances, Lord, our ministry. God, we thank you for those promises. We recognize those promises you, don't come without a thank process. You, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that we We keep our eyes on you. We put our eyes on the person of Jesus Christ and maintain our faith in the promise even in the storm, even in the struggle, even in the battle. And we recognize, Lord, the promise will come to pass. How many believe it will come to pass? How many believe it will come to pass in your life? Come on, what do you believe in God for right now? What promise are you holding on to today? How many believe it will come to pass? We believe it will come to pass in Jesus' name. We trust you, we We believe you, we cling to you, we hold on to you, God, in Jesus' name
1: we pray. Everyone say, come on. Them. eternal glory, so we fix our eyes on everything you promised, cause you're with us, and I've never seen the righteous ones forsaken or abandoned, so we stay. come on, one more time, sing it out to the Lord, and our troubles in the moment are achieving deep us and eternal glory so we fix our eyes on everything you promised because you're with us and I've never seen the righteous ones forsaken or abandoned so we stand upon your love come on how many love the Lord this morning oh come on what a good God that we serve such a good God how many appreciate that message today might be here today and you're looking for that peace I love that the peace it comes within that process and we're all in different places within that process but I thank God that we're all headed to a destination and it's a destination of peace how grateful are you this morning that God is a giver of peace and we can find it in the person of Jesus Christ amen man salvation this morning come on isn't God good come on isn't God good we serve such a good God. We wanna thank you for being with us here at Elevate this morning. We believe that God's doing something here in this Christmas season during this series, Behold. And so we want to, we're, we're grateful that you're here along with us. Don't forget this Wednesday is our crew night. First Wednesday, it's gonna be over at the vault. We're having a Christmas crew night. It's gonna be a great time and everyone is invited to come and join in. We just celebrate the fact that we get to be in this family together. We have all of our families, but this is the family of God. And man, I love the family of God. We love you today. God bless you as you go from this place. Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday.